0: Hello and good morning. Welcome in. You are listening to The Night Zone with Charlie Carbonetto on 89.1 WFDU HD3, the student voice of Fairleigh Dickinson University. Good show for you today. We're going to break down the men's basketball season opening win against Buffalo took down the Spools by a score of 92-86. Congratulations to Jack Castleberry for his first career win as a head coach. And yeah, nice to see the Knights out to a 1-0 and start. We're also going to recap the opening round of the NEC Championship for men's soccer as they advance to the semifinal, which will be played at LIU tomorrow. And then we're going to finish it off with a little bit of women's volleyball as they enter the final weekend of NEC play. And in the middle there, we're going to talk to FDU men's basketball forward Joel Emmanuel about his big time performance the other night. We're going to start with some FDU men's basketball and they took down the Bulls by a score of 92-86 to in a high-scoring affair that marked Jack Castleberry's first win as a head coach. We'll go a little bit inside the box score to start. The Knights' leading scores were Joe El-Emanuel with 24 points. Joe Munden Jr. had a really nice, quiet 18 points. And Devontae Jameson, Bullet Jameson as they call him, in his night's debut scored 17 points. Emmanuel and Ansley Almanor both hit the glass hard. Joel had 11 rebounds for a double-double. Ansley, although a tough night shooting the ball, still brought it on the glass with 10 rebounds and then doing the facilitating was Bullet Jamison with 5 assists. And Brady Reynolds off the bench also had 5 assists. And it was just a really fun, fast-paced game. I mean, 92-86, don't see that score too often in college basketball. And it was a nice test for FDU to start the season. You know, to go on the road, they go up by double digits, Buffalo punches back, and in the end, FDU wins a tight game. And it's just one game, but boy, does it always feel good to start out on the right foot. And let's start with some major takeaways. From a team perspective... I thought it was just an impressive win from the standpoint of this. Yes, they scored 92 points. You take that offensive production all day. But there were times last year in conference play where the offense was firing on all cylinders through the first half, and it seemed like FDU should be up 15, 20 points. And then all of a sudden, they're down four with two minutes to go, and they let the game slip away whenever the other team found their rhythm. It kind of took FDU out of theirs. They lost games when scoring in the 70s and 80s just because late in ball games they weren't able to close it out. And Monday almost was the same story. FDU had an excellent first half offensively, but shots weren't falling as easily in the second half, and Buffalo made their push late. This team, though, a year older, a lot of them playing a full year together last year in a similar system, and having gone through that experience of winning those two games in March last season, They know how to win games now. And not only win them, but close them out when things get tight. And last night, they did so by getting huge stops down the stretch. They forced a lot of late turnovers. And most impressively, I thought, they closed out possessions by getting two rebounds. Another thing they did when shots weren't falling late, which I thought was a really nice sign for the team, and a sign of a team that's mature and experienced, is when shots weren't falling, they didn't just keep settling for threes. They got to the free throw line. They didn't settle out there. They took 36 free throws to Buffalo's 20. I mean, that's the difference in the game right there. So, yeah, this time last year, I'm, I'm not really sure that that team wins this game. But last night, they showed poise of a more experienced team late. Better possessions down the stretch, and they locked in defensively when they had to. These close games come down to maybe five or six plays, and through last season, we saw this team learn how to put themselves in position to make those plays, and they did exactly that. And we're going to talk about it with Joel in just a few moments, but we also saw the press out in full force. FDU won the turnover battle 13-6. to They got 28 transition points and 18 points off turnovers. That's the press, too, and what the press does. I mean, sometimes it's not always going to look the prettiest. There's going to be times where you're getting beat down the floor and you're giving up open layups. There's going to be times when it looks like you should abandon the press because you have a double-digit lead and you should really be slowing the game down. But, man, am I a believer in this particular press's effectiveness. Mostly... Because I think FDU is going to be a more conditioned team than a lot of the teams that they play. This is their system. And when teams play the Knights, man, do they got to be ready to run for 40 minutes? And we saw down the stretch of that game, Buffalo clearly got tired legs. A lot of their threes at the end of the game were coming up just a little bit short. And they were a second or two slower to rebounds and loose balls than FDU was. And like I talked about, these games come down to five or six plays. And when you can close out possessions late in games, getting to these contested rebounds, it really takes the air out of the opponent. And because FDU was just a little bit faster, this led to Buffalo having to take a lot of fouls and put FDU at the free throw line. And on FDU's end, a more conditioned team, they were able to to foul without fouling or defend without fouling. And they really put the clamps on in the game's most important moments. So even when it seems like the press is getting beat, your eyes don't always tell the full story. The opponent is getting worn down. And at the end of the game, you're going to see the other team gassed. And yeah, the team did score 92 points. I mean, it's ridiculous the offensive production that they've been able to put up in these last two seasons under this fast-paced, full-court press system. I mean, it's certainly fun to watch I don't know if this is ever going to be a team that's like hyper-efficient offensively, but the speed with which they play with ensures that they're going to have a lot of possession. And What I love about the offense is it's never stagnant. The ball is never in one guy's hands for too long. Sure, it can look funky, and sure, there can be times where you're not always sure you're going to get the best shot, but the motion offense makes them incredibly difficult to defend and they all pass really well and even guys they bring off the bench like Braden Reynolds is a perfect example he is constantly moving constantly cutting to the basket he finished with five assists because he's constantly putting himself in positions on the floor where he's able to going to be able to get to the hoop for a layup or be able to find an open shooter on the wing and now let's talk about Two individual performances that I was really impressed with. And again, we're going to talk to Joel in just a little bit, but man, does it look like Joel Emanuel took a leap this summer. Last year as a freshman, 16 minutes per game, three points per game, just over two rebounds per game. You saw the potential, but not really filling the stat sheet by any means. And last night, his stat line read like this. 24 points. On 11 of 16 from the field. 2 for 4 from deep. And 11 rebounds. And last year you could see the potential with him. The athleticism was clearly there. And he showed it in flashes. However, he was definitely inexperienced and raw. We saw him get into a foul trouble off him often. And also could just tell his offensive skill set was not really defined yet. Last night, or Monday night though. Man, did he look polished. More importantly, he looked really in control of his body. There were points in his freshman season where it almost seemed like he was playing too fast for his body. Like his mind knew what he should do, but his body was just a second behind. But now everything seems to be in sync. Out in transition, he was able to put the ball on the floor and one fluid motion, go out and rise up for easy dunks. When he got post touches, he was controlled underneath, he was patient, he was decisive with his decision making, we saw him use some really nice footwork to where he was able to get to a position where he was able to just rise up, and when he put the ball up, his touch around the rim just seemed a lot softer too, and just looked like a different player on the offensive end, and on the glass too. He didn't rely on his athleticism to secure boards. He got himself in good positioning, grabbed contested rebounds, and closed out a lot of possessions on the defensive end for FDU. And, yeah, it's awesome to see that kind of development. We're going to talk uh, about it with him in just a little bit. And then there is Devante Jamison. Man, he is ready to play at this level and is a really good fit for this system. Finished with 17 points, 5 assists. Kid is so fast, hence the nickname Bullet. We saw him get three steals off the press, lead to easy transition buckets, including a huge steal at the end of the game when the result was still in the balance. What I really loved about his game, though, was the way he attacked the basket. There were a few times in the game where shots weren't falling for FDU, and they just got it to him at the top of the key. He got his defender in isolation, put the ball on the floor, exploded by him, and either got fouled at the rim or finished a contested layup. Shot eight free throws last night. And someone with his size, you might expect to shy away from contact or not be able to finish at the rim, but man, does he does, he does both. And that attacking mentality is really tough to teach. And when you have a guy who has it, It is so easy to root for. And going back to his speed, just because it was so impressive, you could tell at the end of the game when Buffalo had tired legs that they were struggling to defend him. And there were a few possessions late where he was able to use his speed to get easy buckets. And down the stretch, man, when the game tightens up, is that so important? So I am very excited to see how he does, especially when we get into conference play. FDU now has their home opener tonight at 7 p.m. at the Rothman Center versus Penn State Brandywine. All fans in attendance will receive a FDU court rally towel. We're going to take a little break here. When we come back, we're going to bring on Joel Emmanuel to join the night zone. You're listening to 89.1 WFDU HD3, the student voice of Fairleigh Dickinson University. This is the Night Zone with Charlie Carbonetto on 89.1 WFDU HD3. And this morning I am joined by Joel Emmanuel, a sophomore on the men's basketball team. And Joel, uh, th- thanks for coming on this morning. I know you got a game tonight, so I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. Thanks for having me. And, Joel, you were the leading scorer on Monday night, scored a career-high 24 points on just 16 shots. It's pretty good efficiency with 11 rebounds as well. And FDU's opening night win over Buffalo, and we'll get to your performance in a second. But I got to feel like coming off all the excitement of last year and all the media buildup through the offseason that you guys have been just chomping at the bit to get out there and play a game that counts again. So how good did it feel to get out there and play again, and also a little 1-0 start, not too bad. Uh, It
1: felt amazing. I mean, for every basketball team across the country, the first game, everyone is waiting to play all summer, all preseason. You're just playing against each other, which you get tired of very fast. Um, So being able to go out and play with my teammates instead of against them is always just an amazing feeling to do for the first time, and it kind of gets the ball rolling. We can do that for the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, and going off of that, with all the uh – media attention from the run from last year. And obviously, you don't want to forget about it, but I heard Jack say the other day, like, this team is going to have its own journey. So how has that been, you know, adjusting to now? Okay, it's a fresh start, clean slate. Last year, we got to kind of put it behind us for the time being to accomplish the goals that this team wants to accomplish.
1: I mean, yeah, we have a lot of returners, um, a lot of guys from last year's team who obviously remember how insane, how awesome it was. Um, But at the same time, we have a lot of new guys. It's a very new team. Um, so just being able to come to each day with like clean slate, let's get better today, rather than thinking of what we've done in the past and trying to live up to that team. We're trying to be a new team. Um, and don't get me wrong, we're trying to be just as good as last year, right. if not better. Um, but we're also trying to make sure that we're starting from a clean slate. We're starting with new guys and growing together as a group.
0: Yeah, and I got to say, one of my favorite pictures from that night is you in in the the sea of players, and, like, you're just kind of screaming out. It's such a sweet picture. It's such a sweet picture. Um, Obviously, so you guys put up 92 points in your first game against Buffalo the other night. Uh, You guys were firing offensively, especially in the first half, built a nice little lead. Um, But I do think last year – Uh, We saw a lot of games like that from you guys where we saw you guys uh, let it slip away, especially in conference. Then on Monday in the final few minutes, I thought you guys did a really good job closing things out on defense. You were able to close out possessions with uh, contested rebounds. Do you feel like now that your team is a year older and then with the new guys, but just a little more experience playing together, same sort of system? You guys have sort of now learned how to win and close out these games a little bit better.
1: Absolutely. I think a big part of how we play as a team is we wear teams down. Uh, We're playing full court press. We're like all over trapping, pressuring the ball. And by doing that, we are trying to pretty much outlast teams. So we want teams to be more tired than us. And I think that we're settling into a good groove of making sure that at the end of the games, other teams are more tired than us. And that's when we can really capitalize on the way that we play.
0: Yeah, especially. I mean that's it's it's certainly a fun system to watch. I always say it's not always gonna look the prettiest and even when sometimes that you give up layups on the press, like that, that wearing down of the opponents is happening. Do you enjoy playing in this fast paced, kind of chaotic system?
1: Absolutely. This is I feel like this is how basketball should be played. Um, and even like it's it's demoralizing playing against a team like us because Buffalo scored at one point and then the camera didn't even get the chance to catch up to me, but I already had a fast-break dunk. And just playing fast like that, like teams don't get the chance to enjoy scoring. They have to think about getting back on defense, and that just hurts team morale and really tires teams out.
0: Yeah, it it certainly is um, fun to watch. I know a couple of your fast-break dunks the other day, me and my roommates sitting on the door slamming our chest, standing up from the couch. Um, But do you feel that, like – sense of the other team wearing down when you're out there like does it give you a little bit of extra boost of confidence at the end of games when you start seeing their threes hit off the front of the rim all of a sudden you guys are getting to more loose balls what does that do for you mentally in those closing minutes
1: Uh, I mean just seeing the other team gets tired is the biggest boost of energy for me because it shows like we're doing something right we got to keep pushing like this is when we actually capitalize on their fatigue like at the free throw line at a bunch of games last year uh, I would be lined up to somebody, and they'd be like, "Like you guys aren't tired? Like are you guys? <laughs> you guys do this every day?" And right. we're just like, "Yeah, like this is normal for us." And that's like in the second half, especially when it's normal for us, other teams are dying, uh, which is how we how we win games.
0: Yeah. Now let's shift gears a little bit to talk about. Your performance easily the best I've seen. I, I I got here last January. These are the best I've seen you play in a game. Double double. You extended the floor a little bit, hitting two threes. Clearly, you've made some strides this off season. Can you talk about your approach going into this summer and what did you do over the course of the past couple of months to make sure that you you know you were improving your
1: game? Um, so I've definitely been in the gym a lot, um, especially with, uh, expanding, uh, my range to the three point arc last year, I barely took any threes.
0: I think 16. Um, I looked at yeah, 16 <laughs>
1: yeah. threes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so this year that was definitely one of the improvements I wanted to make being a reliable catch and shoot yeah. shooter. Um, and that's just something I've been in the gym working with the coaches, listening to their advice in terms of shooting mechanics and stuff like that. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just reps, reps, reps. So being in the gym and making sure that I have The evidence of my my reps to show that these are good shots. I hit these shots and that gives gives me the confidence to take them in game.
0: Yeah, and like last year you were always one of the most athletic players on the court that always that always showed but the other night it seems like you added some post moves you were a little more comfortable around the rim and you were still able to get out in transition um do you feel like the game has slowed down for you a little bit going into the second season I know you've only played one game but on Monday night did you feel just a little more confident in yourself
1: absolutely um I think in part that comes from just the reps we've put in in the offseason um I've done a lot of post work a lot of stuff from range from three um but then also just having Jack as our new head coach uh I feel like he has a lot of confidence in me as a player, and he constantly reminds me uh, how much confidence he has and how much potential that I have. And having that confidence in me from him uh, definitely builds confidence in myself.
0: Yeah, and uh, you certainly are taking on a bigger role on this team and starting in the starting lineup. How do you feel about that? How
1: do you personally feel
0: like you're going to be able to handle that going forward?
1: Uh, I feel as though it's a great opportunity. I mean, this is what I've like worked for. Um, to be a starter was one of my goals for this year, so it's honestly just like a... An answer to prayer, if you will.
0: Yeah, and it was cool to see you guys celebrate uh, Jack the other night after his first one. I saw a lot of social media outlets pick, pick that up and put the video. Talk about what it's like playing for him and, you know, what, what he brings to you guys as a coach.
1: Um, he's just awesome. Um, I feel like one of his, his key points as a head coach is relationship. He's all about uh, building one-on-one relationships with the team and making sure that it's a very it's a family dynamic, um, and uh, just fostering that love for each other as a group. I feel like that's helped us in terms of our team chemistry and playing for one another.
0: Yeah, and let's talk about your team a little bit. We just talked a little bit before going on air. Devonte Jameson came in, made a big impact the other night. Seventeen points, uh, five rebounds, or excuse me, five assists, three steals. Talk about what he's been like going against in practice, and then what you saw the other night uh, from him.
1: He's a beast. Uh, practice, I hate guarding him. I have to pick him up full court, and he's he's just like a blur. Like, he'll take one dribble, and all of a sudden I'll turn around, he'll be at half court, and I'm just standing, guarding absolutely nobody. Um, as you saw in the game, he's an amazing player. He can score. He can defend. He can do a bit of everything. Um, so he's an amazing addition to the team, especially uh, since we lost Dimitri Roberts and Grant Singleton from last year.
0: And you guys are back at it tonight, home opener at the Rothman Center, 7 p.m. on NEC front row against Penn State. Brandy, i Joel. I'll let you get out of here and start getting ready for the game, but I appreciate you coming on, and uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for having me. And this is the night zone, and after a loss in the regular season finale, FDU finished as the number three seed in the NEC tournament, that meant they would take on LeMoyne, who earned the number six seed at home in an opening round match at University Stadium on Sunday. The Knights were able to edge out LeMoyne by a score of two to one. And let's listen to how it sounded on NEC Front Row. Under the shadows of a campus that has stood for 81 years, 10,000 miles away from the Tasman Sea. One of the conference's eldest members is set to dance with the new kid on the block along to the rhythm of the ripples of the Hackensack. One of these teams will live to see tomorrow. The other season will become a memory they can only grasp at. Conference Blue Blood FDU begins to write another chapter in their storied history. New Blood LeMoyne looking for a fairy tale, seeking some magic to close their first chapter. Just 90 minutes separates these men from their fate. The NEC tournament starts now. On NEC front row. So here comes LeMoyne down the field with some numbers. Played back shot taken and it's just wide. Nicastro on his first touch of the game almost levels things. Here's stored again. Into the middle, leaves through to Sparks. Sparks takes a shot, he shoots. And Spencer King in good position again makes the save. 45 minutes are in the books of the opening round of the NEC championship between the three-seated FDU Knights and the six-seated LeMoyne Dolphins. FDU up by a score of 1-0 on an own goal by the Dolphins. We'll be back after a break with the remaining 45 minutes. You're watching FDU Knights men's soccer and the NEC championship on NEC front row. Hamdawa in space. Jade Hamdawa. Near the end line. Puts the shot on. Save made by Dupel. FDU looking for the dagger. Business could be on here for the Knights. Ibeas shoots. Save made by Dupel. Oh, almost split the five hole. Did the freshman. But Dupel, for now, has kept the Dolphins in this match. FDU threatening to score the dagger. Drops it to Nicastro. Nicastro steps back. Plays it off to Goodrich. Looking for an opening. Hits Nicastro again. Things building for LeMoyne. Back post. Shot taken. Save made. Spencer King stands tall and preserves the 1-0 lead for FDU. We'll see how FDU approaches this set piece. Gomez and home. center around it. home save made, deflection put in. It's the dagger, it's delightful, it's the lobble. <laughs> FDU leads two nil. home on the initial shot, challenged Dupel. And the senior from Paramus, New Jersey Ricocheted the rebound home. Luneman into the middle. Abdul malak out wide. Shot taken. King again stands tall. Preserving the clean sheet here with 23 and a half minutes to go. Here comes Nicastro. Let's that one go past that first and then eventually tracks it down on the far sideline. Gets it out to Cagle. Cagle trying to create some offense. Splits a pair of defenders. Now Abdul-Malak has it. Fires the shot. King saves it again. Dupel tried to play it forward. Eventually cleared away. 12 seconds to go. Huss will have to send this one into the box. It's deflected. Gobriel has it. The Knights are going to advance to Thursday's semifinal against LIU. They take down LeMoyne by a score of 2-1 to one today. And keep their 2023 season alive. Yes, it was a 2-1 win for FDU in the NEC opening round. They are now in the Final Four. That brings them to the NEC semifinal on Thursday. A 1 p.m. kickoff in Brookville, New York against LIU. You can watch the game on NEC front row. And this was really the typical night's win. And a really nice, steadying performance. You know, last Thursday, the final day of the regular season, FDU had a chance to win the league entering the last match. A tie against LIU would have at least secured a bye for FDU. So a win, they're at least sharing the league championship, and a tie gets them a first-round bye. Unfortunately, neither of those things happened. FDU suffered a 1-0 defeat to LIU. This was the first NEC loss in two years for FDU, and their first loss at home in 11 matches. And 72 hours later, they had to regroup and play in a do-or-die playoff match against a really kind of testy, frisky opponent. And for a group that hasn't faced a lot of adversity, I don't think it's unfair to say it was a question to see how they would respond on Sunday. What kind of performance would we get? It's hard to put emotional losses behind you. And Thursday was certainly an emotional loss. It's hard to recenter yourself after a highly contentious match and, you know, take care, of, take care of business. But the Knights did exactly that. They came out early, dominated possession, a little bit of luck, got them an own goal that put them in the driver's seat. And FDU has now scored first in five conference games, 4-0-1 in those matches. They're excellent with a lead, and they were on Sunday. And LeMoyne, credit to them, had their chances Started to put together some pretty good defense uh, possessions after surrendering the own goal. But FDU, as they always do, fended off these attacks. Spencer King, I thought, played one of his best games of the season. Made six saves, and a lot of the defenders blocked a lot of shots and crosses as well. And after waiting patiently, FDU found a scoring opportunity and cashed in off the free kick. This is who the Knights are. Get a lead, or at least don't fall behind. Play within their structure. And then it be opportunistic when chances present themselves. And then they cash in. And that brings us to Thursday's match. Win or go home yet again. Against number two, LIU. And again, LIU came to T-Nex six days ago and beat FDU. The Sharks grabbed an early lead in that game and then parked a the bus with a masterclass in time wasting. FDU was never really able to generate any offensive momentum. The Knights have to flip that if they want to be playing in Sunday's final. I would say whoever scores first has about an 85, maybe even more of a uh, to 90% chance to win because both of these clubs are just so good with a lead. You know that LIU is going to be a confident squad too, and if they tack one in early, could get really late, really early for the Knights in this semifinal match. But... If FDU can throw the first punch and be the aggressors, maybe they catch the Sharks coming in a little bit too confident, then they could really dictate this match from the beginning. I know FDU tends to sit back, and they're not the most aggressive offensive team, but I think in this match I would try to flip that. And I personally would like to see them play a little more aggressive early in this match. Knowing what happened last week and knowing how important that first goal is going to be. So we will see how it turns out. FDU versus LIU in the NEC final, or NEC semifinal. Getting a little bit ahead of myself. Tomorrow at 1 p.m. on NEC front row. Your NEC awards, wanted to throw this in just to kind of cap off what a strong regular season was. Seven Knights earned all NEC accolades. Tony Gomez, first team. Second team, Spencer King, Jade Hamdawa, Jeffrey Marquez. And on the rookie team, three freshmen made the rookie team. Jonathan Gobriel, Mario Abayas, and Gabriel LeGuen. So congratulations to those guys, all of them very deserving. And it's always nice to see uh, conference-wide recognition at the end of each season. And hopefully, FDU can keep it going and get to Sunday's final against the winner of Sacred Heart and St. Francis PA. And now... Let's close things up talking about women's volleyball. The last time the FDA women's volleyball team was here in Hackensack was way back on October the 14th. On that night, they swept Merrimack to earn their fourth straight conference win and advanced to 5-2 and two in the NEC. Well, that was almost a full month ago. They just completed a five-game road trip, and guess what? They won all five. The Knights now enter the final weekend of NEC play in the driver's seat with a chance to win the regular season championship on their home floor. And this has really been an incredible nine-game conference winning streak. It has included three wins over LIU and Sacred Heart, who sit in second and third place in the NEC. It has included four sweeps. And four four four-set victories. They've only had to go to uh, five sets one time throughout this whole run. And the numbers really bear out that they're playing like the best team in the NEC at the right time. They're first in hitting percentage, first in kills per set, first in assists per set, second in digs per set, and fourth in blocks per set. Tatiana Fusca is fourth in, or first in hitting percentage. Her sister, Rebecca Fusca, is fourth in hitting percentage. Kylie Knott and Vaschetti, Georgia Viscchetti that is, also sit in the top 10 in hitting percentage. In blocks per set, the Fuscas both sit in the top 10. Kills per set, Fusca and Georgia Vaschetti are in the top 10 as well. And then they also have the third and fourth leader in the conference in digs per set in Emily Van Olinda and Sofia Rampazzo. So they are a group playing their best volleyball of the year at the right time. Two games left. FDU is ten and two. Sacred Heart is nine and three. Both teams have just two games left. And FDU plays Saint Francis on Friday, and then wraps up their season against Lemoyne. If FDU goes two and zero, they are league champions. If they go one and one. They at least clinch a share of the NEC championship. Sacred Heart can win the league by going. 2-0. and If Sacred Heart loses uh, one of their two matches this weekend, FDU just has to take one of two. In the event that their records are tied after this weekend, say FDU goes 1-1 one and, one and Sacred Heart goes 1-1, one one, they'll share the league championship, but because of tiebreaker scenarios, it looks like Sacred Heart will host the NEC tournament. And it's not going to be easy for FDU. St. Francis, who they play on Friday night, was actually the last team to beat FDU. They're 8-4 and, and took down FDU 3-1 to one back in October. All four sets were extremely close, and I would not expect anything different on Friday. And this is going to be high-stakes volleyball. SFU has yet to clinch their spot in the tournament, but if things break right for them, and if I'm doing my math right, they could end up as league champions as well. So it should be a fun night of intense volleyball at the Rothman Center. And this one seed is just so important in the NEC. You get to host the entire NEC four-team tournament. I mean, sleeping in your own bed while the other teams are in hotels. Your opponents are on the road for meals while you get uh, your typical ones that you would throughout the regular season at home. You get to practice on your home floor while other teams are in an unfamiliar spot. So not even just getting that home court advantage of playing in your gym, a lot of other factors come with it. And if you can host that fourteen team tournament looking for any edge you can get with how competitive it's going to be. And that just becomes so important this weekend. We'll see if the Knights can do it. Amazing that you have four teams who can all still win the league heading into the final weekend. We'll see how it all turns out. You can listen to my call of the games on Friday and Saturday, 5 p.m. First St. Francis, PA on Friday night, and then a little Saturday night volleyball to close out the regular season against LeMoyne also at 5 p.m. on NEC Front Row. Could be a banner-raising weekend for the FDU women's volleyball team. And thanks for joining us on today's Night Zone. It was good to have Joelle Emanuel on. Good to talk a little bit of hoops as well. Busy time of year with fall sports and basketball overlapping. You can listen to Night Zone for all FDU Knights athletic news. My name is Charlie Carbonetto. Thanks for joining us today. Until next week, hope you have a great rest of your day.